like I said, I'm, I'm glad to be in this position. And I think I showed today that uh, to a lot of critics that I can compete at a high level and I can go for a seven minute match and be dominant overall. Like I mentioned, Mason, Mason Paris is a great competitor, but as of right now, I'm not the best wrestler in the country. <clears throat> There's still one more week to prove that. And I think overall the best pound for wrestler right now is Spencer Lee. He's a, he's a fierce competitor. He is the, the go-to college wrestling right now, but as of right now, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to have this outstanding wrestler award and just keep moving forward from here. That was Minnesota's Gable Steveson. If you didn't recognize the voice, he was uh, voted the most outstanding wrestler of the Big Ten Championships. But that was him praising Iowa's own Spencer Lee, who was the conference's wrestler of the year for the second straight season. Pretty cool that another elite wrestler uh, recognizing yet another elite wrestler in the Big Ten Conference. I know that there's kind of that shared community feeling when it comes to NCAA Division One wrestling and really just wrestling as a sport in general. Um, but for him to uh, go outward and say that, um, just kind of outwardly like that, I thought that was that was pretty neat and felt like it needed to uh, to lead off this podcast. So, uh, you know, hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. It's your boy, Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer. And I am glad you are here. Uh, happy Tuesday. We're a day later because I was really, really tired on Monday. Uh, but welcome to the Weekend Freestyle, our recap of the wrestling weekend that was in the state of Iowa. Pretty busy weekend too, guys. Um, You had Iowa at Penn State for the 2021 Big Ten Championships. Also had Iowa State and Northern Iowa. They were both in Tulsa for the Big 12 Championships, which were wild. Uh, Grandview was in Kansas for the NAIA National Championships. And then we also had some Iowa ties at the National Collegiate Women's Wrestling Championships in Ohio as well. A lot to get to from this weekend, so let's kick things off um, with the Big Ten Championships at the Bryce Jordan Center in University Park, Pennsylvania. That's where I spent my weekend. I'm sure most of you guys spent um, the majority of your weekend following the action as well, um, and that's where the mighty Iowa Hawkeyes, after 27 days without competition, they blew through the toughest, deepest conference in Division One wrestling, guys. They won their second straight Big Ten title, uh, Big Ten tournament team title, and the 37th in program history. Um, guys, Iowa absolutely blitzed the competition. Um, they put up 159.5 points to finish first. Second place, Penn State, scored 124 points. So the Hawkeyes' margin of victory, 35.5 points. Guys, that's a little ridiculous. Um, first place in the postseason tournament scores 20 points. Um, so Iowa basically won by two first place wrestlers, which is pretty nuts. Um, they won the tournament by 25 and a half last year. This year they were 10 points better. Um, and that was with um, probably a better crop of teams that were maybe pushing them this year as opposed to last year. So absolutely insane performance. This was a total team effort from from the Hawkeyes. Um, they brought 10 guys. Nine of them finished on the podium and all nine of those guys finished in the top four. They had four champs, uh, Spencer Lee at 25, Jade Nyerman at 141, Alex Marinelli at 165, and then Michael Kemmer at 174. The last time Iowa had four individual Big Ten champs was 2001. Uh, Jody Stripmatter, Eric Jurgens, Doug Schwab, and TJ Williams all won titles that year. So um, pretty cool company to keep. Uh, behind them, both Austin DeSanto and Caleb Young took second at 33 and 57. Uh, then you had both Jacob Warner and Tony Cassiope taking third at 97 on heavyweight. And then Nelson Brands out of the nine spot finished fourth 
at 184. The only wrestler to not make the podium was Max Murin at 149. He went 0-2. We'll touch on him more in a little bit. But Iowa has nine automatic qualifiers for the NCAA championships out of this weekend. Murin probably should get uh, should make it 10 with an at-large uh, later this week, possibly even today since we're recording on Tuesday. Um, collectively, guys, Iowa posted a 28-8 and overall record with 10 bonus point wins. That's six pins, uh, two tech falls, and two major decisions. Spencer Lee and Tony Cassiope did a lot of the legwork here. Uh, Spencer went tech, pin, tech to win at 125. Uh, Cassiope, 4-1 overall at heavyweight with two pins and two major decisions. Something else to note, guys, Iowa scored just 17 bonus points this weekend. Um, you take that away from the team total, they still put up 142.5 points, and they still win the tournament by 18.5. That's bananas. They were very good this weekend, guys. Very good. Again, Penn State, second with 124 points, followed by Nebraska with 105.5, then Michigan with fourth. Uh, they took fourth with 92, and Minnesota took fifth with 77.5 points. Then any lines did apply a little bit of pressure as Saturday progressed. Um, Iowa was ultimately, they pushed six guys into the finals. Um, Penn State pushed four into the finals, but after stumbling hard in the first round, they rallied to go 12-2 and two in the Russellbacks on Saturday, um, and they were within 15 points of Iowa entering Sunday's competition. It did not last, though, as the Hawkeyes essentially put a stake in the team race on Saturday on Sunday morning um, while Penn State went one and three in the Russellbacks and they just couldn't keep with the uh, ridiculous pace that the Hawkeyes were setting a little bit more on the team stuff um, in just a minute so how about we go weight by weight um, now that you guys kind of have the gist of how this tournament unfolded Spencer Lee at 25 went 3-0, had a technical fall over Michigan's Dylan Raguson in the quarters, a 23-second pin over Michigan State's Rayvon Foley in the semifinals, and a 21-3 technical fall over Purdue's Devin Schroeder in the finals. That was a rematch of last year's final, uh, which Spencer won 16-2. This year, um, Schroeder actually scored the first takedown about 30 seconds into the match, then Spencer put up 21 points in 214 seconds, a little, about three and a half minutes um, the rest of the way. He's a little ridiculous, you guys. We knew that. Um, he outscored his opponents this weekend 44 to 7 he's outscored his opponents this season 82 to 7 and has outscored them 316 to 25 across 25 matches over the last two years when I say ridiculous he's probably more of an alien because I'm not sure that there are many people on this planet that can do the things he's doing if there's anybody on the planet that can do the things he's doing Um, but he's also a two-time Big Ten champ now we caught up with Spencer via zoom after he received his award on Sunday here is what he had to say so, I mean, I'm happy I won. Um, every time I to prove something to, to maybe even be proud of, but I don't want you guys ever thinking that I don't appreciate winning. Or, you know, I'm, I'm with my team. We're winning a big, you know, big 10 titles. I mean, it's a close race right now. So I went out, I did my job, and now I'm waiting for my teammates to do their job. Spencer, uh, Jaden's win mathematically clinched it. Um, I, how, do you, how do you feel like the team has been wrestling this? I mean, you guys have come out. I mean, it was a really strong start. You pushed six guys in the finals. All nine guys that are meddling are in the top four. I mean, you got to be pretty proud with the way everybody competed this weekend, yeah? I mean, we have. I mean, a lot of us uh, are happy with our, how we competed, but you know, we got guys who uh, have things to improve. And everyone wants to win. Everyone to be in the finals. We won to 10 in the finals. So we got things to work on, things to improve. And uh, we're going to have 10 nationals, and we're all ready to go. At 133, Austin DeSanto, 2-1 and one, and finished second. A couple of hard-fought wins to get to the finals. A 4-1 win over Nebraska's uh, Tucker Schamaling in the quarterfinals, and then 5-4 over Illinois' Lucas Bird in the semifinals. He actually trailed Bird early 2-1, to one, and he took a 4-2 lead into the third period after a nice takedown and a right-out in the second. Um, and then DeSanto scored an escape um, after Bird scored a reversal to tie it. So Bird scores a reversal, makes it 4-4. DeSanto escapes, and then he hung on to win. Looked like he was dealing with a pretty gnarly finger injury in both of those matches, too. 
too, which probably explains why he may have been a little bit more hesitant offensively. In the finals, he fell uh, to Penn State's Roman Bravo Young 5-2. RBY's got some ridiculous speed, guys, um, and he flashed it on the on takedowns in the first and second period. That's Those two really stood up as the difference. DeSanto, he got in on a couple of shots, especially there in the third period, um, but RBY did a pretty good job defending to avoid giving up points. There's a little bit of a gap there, I think, between those two. It's not one that DeSanto can't run down. Hopefully his hing- uh, finger heals up um, so that if they meet again in St. Louis, he might be more willing to fire off tax, and we can see um, those guys match up again and, and kind of see how they do. Um, at 141 pounds, uh, Jaden Ironman, he won his fourth conference tournament title. Uh, but his first in the Big Ten. He was when he was at Mizzou. He won three MAC titles, um, and so this weekend he won his first Big Ten tournament title. And doing so, likely locked up the number one overall seed at the NCAA championships. We'll find that out later this week. But he went three and zero. Had a quarterfinal pin over Purdue's Parker Phileas, uh, seven to one semifinal win over Nebraska's Chad Red, and then six to five finals win over Penn State's Nick Lee. Uh, Lee scored a couple of takedowns, one in the first, another in the third. But um, after the takedown in the first, Ironman up and out, and then. And he was uh, really slick counterattack on uh, on Nick Lee's shot attempt to score the takedown. Took a 3-2 lead. Um, he built up two almost two minutes of riding time after that through the end of the first period. Um, that riding time actually gave him the necessary point he needed to win the match. Um, so excellent stuff from him on the weekend. One more cool thing, though. Uh, Jaden Ironman, that win in the finals over Nick Lee mathematically clinched the team title for Iowa. Um, I thought that was pretty cool because last year, um, Pat Lugo's Big Ten Finals win over Sammy Sasso was the clincher for the Hawkeyes, mathematically speaking. So pretty cool thing there for both of the guys um, who joined the program to make uh, you know a memorable impact in that way. We caught up with Jaden afterward as well. Here's what he had to say about his performance. Feeling, you know, um, because every match was on it. And it was great to get a feel for everybody. You know, this was like a little preview to what Nationals is going to be like. So, go out there and have- how do you feel like you competed after such a long layoff? I mean, it looked like you were able to get to your offense pretty well. You were pretty confident yesterday. I know that was a pretty tough finals match, but you were able to score when you needed. Yeah. Um, at first, my first duel ever back, um, I get it off some rush, you know, against Red, a three-time All-American. Tough as nails. So it was getting throughout the season. I was finally getting back to my where I used to be in college. And, you know, being an eye was just lifting me to a whole nother level. I feel like you know, I'm not pleased with my match. Um, I know I could have done a lot better. Um, I could have shot more. It wasn't just feeling it. You know, I feel like uh, this was a good learning point for me. And, you know, come Mar- come nationals, uh, I feel like I'll be where I want to be. At 149, Max Murin. 0-2. Oh, uh, pretty tough weekend for him, especially as the two-seed. He opened with an 11-6 loss to Nebraska's Ridge Lovett. Um, Lovett, there was some chain wrestling, and then Lovett found a way to go double overs for a throw in the first period um, that put Murin on his back, and that gave Lovett a 6-0 lead. Um, Murin was able to chip away with a couple of takedowns in the second period, and it looked like he might be able to come all the way back, because uh, he was within 7-4 after his second takedown, but then Lovett um, escaped out of there, escaped to start the third period, and then scored another takedown to ice that one um, in the third period. So that sent Murin to the Russell backs. Um, while there, he lost to Rutgers' Mike Van Brill, 7-2. They were tied 1-1 in the third, um, and then Murin, uh, I, Van Brill, I, Murin took a shot, Van Brill, there was a little bit of a scramble, um, and Van Brill ultimately connected on a takedown in the last 30 seconds, and in the in after the takedown as well, he was able to hold uh, Murin on his back, able to get four backs out of it, that kind of blew it open, and that also bounced Murin from the tournament. So the good news here is that uh, Murin um, I believe he was ranked fifth in the last coach's poll, so he should be in position to receive an at-large bid. The other piece of good news that I think will help him 
is that um, the guys he ended up losing to finished pretty well at the Big Ten tournament. Um, after losing to Love It, Love It made a run to the finals, um, ultimately taking second. Then Van Brill actually uh, wrestled all the way back and took third. So that should help strengthen Murin's case a little bit. Uh, we'll find out later this week. Uh, one, if he makes the NCAA championships, and two, where he will be seated. I believe the brackets come out on uh, Wednesday evening. So stay tuned for that. At 157 pounds, Caleb Young, uh, 0-2 last year, but now this year he made the finals. He finished 2-1 overall, took second. Uh, he won two hard to, hard-fought matches um, in order to get to the finals. 4-0 over Michigan State's uh, Chase Saldate in the quarters, and then 3-2 win over Minnesota's Brayton Lee in the ride-out tiebreakers. Um, that put him in the finals against Northwestern's Ryan Deacon, who uh, Deacon ended up winning that one 6-0. Deacon scored a couple of takedowns, had more than four minutes of riding time. Deacon hasn't lost a collegiate folk-style match since Young beat him for fifth place at the 2019 NCAA championships. Uh, those of you who remember, that was the second time Young beat him that weekend. Um, it, the, the further away we get from that tournament, the more it's kind of a head-scratcher about, you know, how did, how did Caleb Young do that? Because Ryan Deacon has been very, very good ever since then. Um, so clearly he's jumped levels, probably going to be the one seed in St. Louis. Got to think Young is somewhere around that four, five, six range in terms of seeding. Good tournament from him overall, I thought. Pretty gritty performance. At 165 pounds, Alex Marinelli won his third individual Big Ten tournament title uh, going 3-0. and He had wins over Purdue's uh, Jarrett Nijin Hughes, uh, Michigan's Cam Amin, and then in the finals, Ohio State's Ethan Smith. So not the usual offensive Alex Marinelli we're used to seeing, but he did put the necessary points on the board to win, secured a top seed for the national tournament. Uh, now with a 26th Iowa wrestler uh, to win three Big Ten uh, tournament titles, and the first since TJ Williams won his third in 2001. I'm pretty sure Doug Schwab also won his third that year as well, um, but pretty elite company for Alex Marinelli this weekend. Here is what he had to say after receiving his award. Marinelli, this is number three. Um, how does this one maybe compare to the previous two, or, or what does that feel like when you hear that you're a three-time Big Ten champ? Yeah, I mean, they asked me that, and the only thing that I can say is um, I'm just thankful to be here wrestling with my guys. Um, kind of like, I, I'm, I don't know why I'm getting emotional, but I just think that like the whole time that we've had um, coming off this and, and what we had were a whole year um, full circle and I mean I'm just thankful to be here I'm, I'm thankful to be up there with the three-time Vixen champs um, I'm blessed I'm the best coaching staff in the world um, the best teammates and I'm having fun for individual chance for you guys the team title is locked up back to back there um, I, what does this feel like or what does this mean to you guys I mean you kind of alluded to it a little bit this has been a really strange year but you know just to be able to still come through and accomplish one of the things that you guys probably had on your goal sheet this year yeah, I mean, to be honest, <clears throat> we're not even at our best wrestling. I mean, I think a lot of people have seen that, and, and the points I put up this tournament is uncharacteristic of me. Um, you know, I I've, I need to ice matches. I need to blow them out. Um, you know, I had a fall in the semis last year, um, and, and, you know, luckily Spencer uh, took care of that for me this year, um, putting up team points. But, uh, you know, the thing is, I just, I'm, I'm just thankful, you know. Um, you know, it's... Uh, it's, uh, it's awesome to be here. After, you know, being away from the map for so long, how did it feel just to be back wrestling? Yeah, I mean, I, I only wrestled two matches before this. So I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, yeah, I, we're just not seasoned. We're not seasoned yet, which is crazy. And so these next few weeks, we're going we're gonna to tighten things up and then we're going to be even better. Uh, we're, we're only we're only getting uh, sharper. Our tools are... are uh, are going to be sharp come come national so 
At 174, Michael Kemmer made his third trip to the Big Ten Finals, but won his first title. He capped a strong weekend where he went 3-0, opened with a quarterfinal pin over Wisconsin's Jared Crottinger, um, 4-2 win over Michigan's Logan Mass in the semifinals, and then in the finals he beat Penn State's Carter Starachi 7-2. Kemmer looked great all weekend, guys. He was assertive, he was offensive, he defended shots well, um, especially in that semifinal match because Massa is very, very dangerous. And also, again, in the finals, Starachi was just firing off shots literally at all times um, and Kemmer was able to defend all of them um, in the finals in the second period Starachi he actually got in pretty deep on a shot um, and Kemmer defended it by picking Starachi's ankle and forcing a scramble that resulted in two and two for Kemmer um, that broke the match open a little bit really well done really really well done Kemmer um, quite excited about his performance as well as the team's performance here is what he had to say afterwards it feels good just uh, you know knowing knowing how it feels to be not on the top, I guess, makes it uh, feel better. And, uh, you know, watched, watched some of my teammates win it last year. And, you know, I felt like I was missing out. So it was good to be able to join some guys and finally get that title. The finals match, you were able to get to your offense, um, got to it early, and then that funky kind of position, maybe not funky position, but you are able to catch two backs there in the second period as well to kind of break it open. What were you seeing that was working or what was, what was there for you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just continuing to wrestle always, no matter what. Um, always feel good whenever I just keep wrestling and I do what I do and, you know, let myself go into that flow state and just wrestle and um, been in that position a lot, so just kind of feeling it out and wrestling through it, really. We, we talked to Alex Marinelli, and he was talking about how, with you guys being away from the mat for so long, he doesn't even think you guys are wrestling at your best yet. Do you uh, agree with him on that one? Yeah, you know, I've been saying, I think a lot of us have been saying, you know, we feel like we're better every single time we step out on the mat. um, Each match, each practice, each workout, we feel like we're getting better and we're finding our scoring abilities, finding our our domination more and more. And um, so we're just trying to keep that momentum now, keep it going through these next few weeks, finish up strong. I feel like the team wrestled on the whole. I know that the team title was clinched before you got to your finals match, but there, I mean, guys came out real strong yesterday. I think 19 and five overall. Um, I mean, this is pretty good, all things considering in the month leading up to it. I, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we always say, you know, we celebrate the title, celebrate the champions, and then, um, you know, feel for the, the guys that, that didn't win. And even, even the guys that did win, we know we all have stuff we can improve on, but. Um, yeah, you know, whenever you're leaving with that team trophy, it's a good feeling. And, you know, we always say, you know, I mean, the next one's the big one. So we just got to do what we do. We feel good about it. At 184, Nelson Brands, the nine seed, goes 4-2 and two overall and finishes fourth. Real strong weekend from him, guys. Um, at least I thought so. Opened with a 7-6 to six win over Illinois' Zach Bronigal. He flipped that result from the duel. Um, then he lost to Penn State's Aaron Brooks in the quarterfinals, but then he rattled off three straight wins in the Russellbacks. 5-2 over Ohio State's Rocky Jordan. 3-2 over Minnesota's Owen Webster. And then 2-0 over Wisconsin's Chris Weiler. Um, yeah, Rocky Jordan, I think, was seeded 10th. Webster, I believe, was seeded 4th uh, fourth, fourth or 5th. Um, and then Weiler was seeded second coming into the tournament. So that put Nelson in the third place match. He lost to Rutgers' John Poznanski. Um, Poznanski, now that I'm thinking about it, was the five seed, so that would have made Webster the fourth seed. In any case, Nelson Brands, he took fourth, um, well above his seed, punched his ticket to St. Louis, thought he wrestled great all weekend. I'm curious where they'll put him in the NCAA bracket. Um, His performance may set him up pretty nicely for a national tournament run, guys. Um, Wouldn't be out of the question to maybe see him make a run at the podium. Um, I think he's more than capable, and I think at least he proved that. 
this weekend. So we'll see what happens. 197 pounds. Jacob Warner, 4-1 and one, and a third-place finish. He looked pretty good all weekend, guys. Uh, recorded a first-round pin. Uh, then he went 4-0 over Purdue's Thomas Panola in the quarterfinals. That put him in the semifinals against Michigan's Miles Amin. Um, Amin ended up winning that one 3-1 sudden victory. He connected on a reshot. Um, corralled Warner's ankles, was able to score to win. That was a pretty even match otherwise, guys. Um, just Warner stepped out of position one time, and Amin capitalized, and that's what really, really good wrestlers do. Um, Warner was right there with him. He was, you know, I probably have to go back and rewatch the match, but from what I remember, he just kind of off the top of my head, he, you know, I mean, he held position pretty well. Um, you know, he needs to maybe capitalize on the open opportunities there to score if he wants to beat a guy like Miles Amin, but he's right there. Um, so that sent him to the Wrestlebacks where he bounced back with a couple of really strong wins, I thought. 5-0 over Lucas Davison of Northwestern, um, and then he 8-3 over Michigan State's Cam Caffey for third. Um, real good stuff there from him, especially in that third place match. Just an excellent match overall. Uh, really, I thought good stuff from him all weekend. Um, even had moments, again, like I said, in the loss to Amin, um, just kind of came out on the wrong side of, uh, of that one. That happens sometimes, um, but overall, a uh, really strong performance. Uh, second straight year, he's finished third as well. Finally, 285, big heavyweights, big Tony Cassiope, 4-1 overall. Um, also uh, a third-place finish for him. He went pin major to reach the semifinals, um, where he was then pinned by Michigan's Mason Paris, and it was really odd to me, guys. Yeah, Paris shot in on a double, and Cass just kind of hung on to the head way too long and that allowed Paris to work up and get the pin in under a minute it looked really really simple and it was just kind of confusing um that was really kind of the one head scratcher I thought all weekend outside of maybe Murin's 0-2 performance. Um, super strange, right? Cassiope then bounced back um, in the Russellbacks. Uh, he had a pin against Ohio State's Tate Orndorff and then a 9-0 major decision over Penn State's Greg Kirkfleet. Um, thought that was really impressive. He had a definite size advantage, um, and he was still able to kind of uh, use his athleticism against a, a lighter heavyweight who probably has a lot of expectations, but just um, Kirkfleet kind of started strong and ended slow this weekend. Cassiope was able to take advantage. Um, so... Yeah, Tony probably should be the three seed at the national tournament. He may not be, depending on kind of what the the determination matrix that the NCAA end up using to employ um, in order to seed the brackets. I guess we'll find out later this week. But hey, Iowa's performance, 159.5 points. Guys, it's ridiculous. Um, Just a quick recap, 9 of 10 on the podium, all of them in the top four. Four champs, also ridiculous. One final note here, guys, that I think you might find interesting. Um, Iowa's margin of victory, 35.5 points, is the largest for a Big Ten tournament team champ since wait for it, Iowa, which won by 37 and a half points in, wait for it, 2010, the year that they last won the national team title. Pretty impressive stuff overall. Big Ten Conference put uh, Tom Brands, um, who ended up becoming the uh, 2021 Big Ten Coach of the Year, second straight year he's won that award, on a Zoom call to talk with members of the media afterwards. Here's what he had to say about his team's performance. Head coach of the 2021 Big Ten Wrestling Champion Hawkeyes, Tom Brands. You'd just like to go straight to questions, Coach? Let's do it. All right. If you'd like to ask a question, please raise your hand. Looks like our first first question is from Mike Finn. Mike, your mic is open. Congratulations, Tom. A lot was was made to do, maybe not too much, about the fact that you guys hadn't wrestled for a month before this. What did you do to add normalcy to this team? Like it would have been like any normal year rather than a COVID year? I think wrestlers get ready to wrestle when it's time to wrestle and the dates on the calendar. And if the date gets changed, it gets changed. And, you know, I alluded to the international schedule that um, these guys that want international accolades are going to have to go through as well. There's not going to be competition every weekend. It's not going to be 
you know, laid out for you in a season. It's it's a it's a 12 month calendar, and that's how we talk to our guys. And with everything that was uncertain, the uncertainty is part of the conversation. Um, be ready for anything, and be ready for cancellation. So pretty easy to do when you're consistent. You have a special group of guys, especially guys from that state of Pennsylvania, the fact that they did it there. And also, did you feel like this was a year of unfinished business that you'll do in two weeks? Uh, I mean, first of all, the Pennsylvania crew is awesome. Um, and they're Iowans, you know, you ask them where their home is, it's Iowa. Um, so we, we love the pipeline and we love the families. Um, it's been a great, uh, you know what, it's been an awesome experience when you go into a state like Pennsylvania and you take out, you know, Kemmer and you take out Young and you take out DeSanto on a transfer and you get, you know, a guy named Max Mirren. Um, and then all of a sudden you get Spencer Lee and you, you know, you go in there and you get him. So, you know, it's, it's been great. Story's been told a lot. Um, they're in Iowa, they're wrestling in Iowa, and we're going to St. Louis in two weeks. I mean, we're going to St. Louis in less than two weeks. So we're fired up. All right, our next question is from Cody Goodwin. Cody, your mic is open. Hey, Coach. Um, how do you how do you celebrate? I know that there's bigger things coming in St. Louis. You mentioned that you'll be there in less than two weeks. But how do you ensure that you know the guys in the program properly recognize the effort that you guys put forth this weekend? Because this was pretty impressive, all things considered. Well, I think you know. I mean, recognition. You know, you're you're a wrestler, and you do it for the love of the sport first, and um, you do it for self satisfaction and um god is great you know the glory of god and all those things that, that why you compete for your family and now we're going to st louis and that's really where their heads are that's where my head is um recognition and you're going to get the recognition that you earn based on your performance and that is a timeless principle and that's a principle that is true and correct um, you're going to get the accolades that you earn. Excellent. Our next question is from Kenneth Pilcher. Kenneth, your line is open. Hey, Pilcher, what's up, man? Piggybacking on uh, the performance um of the team you guys had nine that finished fourth or better nine that finished uh at or above their seed how do you react to to the guys doing uh performing like that especially uh you know given the last month well our first order of business is to get mirin in the tournament he's got a really good case obviously um he'll, he'll need to get an at-large bid um, chris brewer starts work on that right now and we put a case and we submit it tomorrow, I believe, or maybe it's even tonight, the deadline. And that's the first order of business. So we're probably gonna get 10 in. And then you talk about, you know, performance, let's do it again. You know what, you mentioned something about finishing at your seat and performing above, you know, the expectations. And, and that's what competitors do. Let's do it in St. Louis.
Shifting our attention now to the Big 12 championships, where both Iowa State and Northern Iowa finished in the top five. Um, Iowa State finished third in a wild team race um, that actually ended up with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State tied at the top. Both the Cowboys and the Sooners scored 124 points. Cyclones put up 117.5. Wyoming came in fourth with 105.5. And then Northern Iowa slipped into fifth place with 79 points, just one point ahead of North Dakota State. This team race was all sorts of fun to follow. Um, Oklahoma State jumped out to an early lead during the first session and then chaos basically followed, right? Wyoming put four guys in the finals. Um, Oklahoma scored a ton of bonus points in the Russellbacks. Oklahoma State tripped a little bit, and the Cyclones put three in the finals, had five other guys wrestle back into the top six. Before Sunday's third session, all four teams were separated by just 13 points, um, and it wasn't until the 197-pound final that we had a bedlam tie at the top. Pretty, I mean, it was just, it was great stuff. Um, you know, I know a lot of people were following the NAIA tournaments and a, a ton of people had their eyes on the Big Ten tournament, but man, the Big 12 team race, that was pretty good. It was pretty good to follow. I hope you guys... Um enjoyed it like I did. Um, Iowa State ended up with a pair of champs um, out of three total finalists. Five more guys finished sixth or better. Six Cyclone wrestlers punched their tickets to the NCAA championships along the way. That's the real big important thing here. Uh, David Carr, Gannon Gremmel, Ian Parker, Zach Redding, true freshman, Jarrett Dagan, and Marcus Coleman. Um, so those are your six NCAA qualifiers, at least through automatic bids. We'll find out if more join them later this week, possibly today. Northern Iowa also had a pair of champs and four more guys make the podium. None of the other four guys finished better than fifth though. Uh, so the four Panther wrestlers, four of them, also earned automatic NCAA bids. Brody Teske, Parker Keckeisen, Tristan Lara, and Austin Yant. Mixed bag here from both teams, I think. Um, the, the general expectations for both of them was that they were both capable of finishing in the top five, um, and that's exactly what they did, but how they arrived at a top five finish may be not exactly what we were expecting. So, hey, hey, let's break it down real quick. The Cyclone champs were David Carr at 157 and Gannon Gremmel at heavyweight. Carr, now a two-time Big 12 champ man, and he just continues to look like a title contender at this weight class. Went 3-0 this weekend, had a 46-second pin, and then back-to-back uh, real strong decision wins over South Dakota State's Cade DeVos, shout-out to Southeast Polk, and over North Dakota State's Jared Franick in the finals. He probably should be the three-seed at the national tournament in a couple weeks, um, and I don't think you guys should count out a finals run. Um, I'll be really curious to see him wrestle both NC State's Hayden Heidley and Northwestern's Ryan Deacon. And uh, he had some freestyle experience against both of those guys uh, back in the fall. So we'll just we'll see what happens from a folk style perspective. Um, but he just he looked really good. He's looked really good all season. So really excited to finally see him at the national tournament. Gannon Gremmel, uh, champ at heavyweight, just a real solid workman-like performance out of him. 4-0. Um, he outscored his opponent 17-5, uh, scored five takedowns across the four matches, but didn't allow any. Um, and in the finals, he beat Wyoming's Brian Andrews, um, who is the returning Big 12 champ. Um, he won that one thanks to an escape and riding time, um, so he should have a pretty favorable draw at the national tournament as well, I would think. Um, I guess we'll find out later this week. Iowa State's other finalist was Ian Parker at 141. He cruised to the finals, and then he ran into Oklahoma's Dom Demas. Uh, Demas won this one 4-3 to three in the second tiebreakers. Parker uh, got him in the duel, but Demas gets him here in the Big 12 final. That was also the seventh collegiate meeting between those two guys, and Demas now holds a 4-3 to three advantage, so pretty dang even. Um, I'm sure they'll probably meet again maybe multiple times before it's all said and done as well. 
Uh, elsewhere for Iowa State, Zach Redding, hello, man. Uh, the true freshman reached the semifinals and uh, at 133, and he ultimately finished third in, in what I think is one of the conference's deepest weights. Um, and that included, that performance included a 20-7 to major decision over Northern Colorado's Moshe Schwartz in the third place match. Schwartz, someone I consider to be quite good at this weight. Um, he came in significantly underseated. He's got some freestyle and Greco chops. Um, I think he, I, Schwartz could probably be a dark horse guy at the NCAA tournament, and Redding basically just took him to task, man. Um, so not only a big win in general, but the 20 points I thought was pretty eye-opening. So good stuff from that kid. Um, Jared Dagan, he battled back for a fourth-place finish at 149. Um, I say battled back because he actually lost his first match 4-3 to to Fresno State's Kyle Parco. Um, then he rattled off three straight Russellback wins um, to reach the third-place match. That included an 8-4 to win over Northern Iowa's Tristan Lara. Um, Lara pinned Dagan in the duel. I'm sure you guys will remember that. Uh, Dagan ultimately lost to Parco again for third, but he's headed back to the NCAA Championships injuries and all. Pretty good stuff from him. Uh, The other real impressive showing, I thought, from Iowa State, Marcus Coleman. Um... Maybe surprising, but you know, at the same time, like maybe not really. He entered as the sixth seed, and then he ended up fourth at 197. Um, and that run included four pins, guys. Um, he stuck Fresno State's Nick Villarreal in the first round. Then he lost to Virginia, West Virginia's Noah Adams. But then he pinned uh, Northern Iowa's Keegan Moore, North Dakota State's Owen Pence, and South Dakota State's Tanner Sloan all in the Russellbacks to reach the top four, secure his uh, NCAA bid. He ended up losing to Adams again for third, but it was one heck of a weekend for Marcus Coleman. Um, great to see him open up like that. Um, Tanner Sloan, by the way, Al Burnett grad, ended up finishing sixth, um, which was below the uh, NCAA bid threshold, so he's probably going to have to get an at-large bid to go to the NCAA championships this year. Um, also looked like he was dealing with a little bit of a shoulder injury, so uh, fingers crossed that he'll stay healthy for St. Louis. Um, that was the good from Iowa State. Here is the not as good. Um, why don't we just start with the bad first? Um, neither Isaac Judge or Julian Broderson made the podium um, at 65 and 74. Judge probably is not in line to earn an at-large bid. And Broderson, I think, is firmly on the bubble. So I'm not sure how great his odds are once you factor in a couple of the things. We'll probably see later this week. Um, but I know that he was really he was down somewhere 28, 29, 30, 31 when it came to the coaches' rankings last time. So we'll we'll see where he ends up uh, later this week. Uh, on the bubble, there's Sam Colbray. Uh, he needed to fish fourth at 184, and he ended up taking fifth. Um, I'm old enough to remember when he was in the Big 12 Finals and the NCAA quarterfinals at the same weight. Um, clearly, the injuries uh, from this year and just maybe the wacky year as a whole played a role. Um, but now he's firmly on the at-large bubble. Not exactly sure what his odds are either, but I guess we'll find out later this week. Um, the other, uh, maybe not as good, uh, but yeah, it was still probably encouraging a little bit. Kyson Terrakina at 125 pounds. He entered as the seventh seed and ended up sixth um, after a couple of wrestleback wins like Colbray. Um, also on the bubble, I'm not sure that his odds are... Um, as great as Coleman's, probably in the in the in the Broderson boat there, where I'm just I'm not quite sure where he's at on the bubble, um, but I just know that he's on the bubble. Um, which, you know, hey, that means he has a chance, and we'll just have to see later this week what the verdict is. So, again, in all, Iowa State has six automatic qualifiers. I think they'll get at least one more. Something tells me Colbray will get in. Uh, Terakee and Broderson, um, they might join him. Um, I, I think they have a little bit longer shots again, but, uh, you know, we'll find out later this week. So that was Iowa State's weekend. Some good, some not as good, but they're taking some good wrestlers to St. Louis in a couple of weeks. Um, and so we'll see what kind of noise they can make down there at the Enterprise Center. Here is what Iowa State coach Kevin Dresser had to say about his team's performance afterwards you know i thought we wrestled pretty well overall today um you know obviously congratulations to the champs you know i don't uh you know ian lost a tough match there's uh, a lot of things i could say about the mechanics of the way that match was run but i won't that uh didn't didn't go in our way uh we could never get uh 
you know, between the nosebleeds and the scores table, never get the time right. You know, it, it hurt our strategy to win that match because we know that guy gets tired and uh, we kept getting interrupted and we couldn't get, get our flow going. But, you know, congratulations to him for winning. Um, you know, right now the focus has got to be on, I think it's pretty safe bet that we're going to get seven. Hopefully we'll get an eighth guy at 125 and it's time to go to St. Louis. Hey, Coach, um, before the tournament, you talked about um, Gannon Grummel's improvement on his top game. That obviously showed through in the championship match. How big is it for guys to just keep improving like that and keep finding new ways to get better? Really important. Yep. Made me look like I knew what I was talking about, too. Right, Ben? So, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, he won that match on top. Um, you know, the one thing I'll say about Gannon Grummel is the guy comes to compete, you know. Um, he comes to compete, and so... Um, I'm glad he, he got that. He lost that match last year to the same guy. So heavyweight's a funny animal. You got to figure out ways to win. For sure. And then what can you say about the tournament that Zach Redding had? I mean, he obviously ended it um, third place and put an exclamation point in that win too. And so what did you see from him in his tournament? Well, Zach did a great job for us, you know, all year, um, I think, getting third and you know, obviously, we didn't expect uh, Zach Redding to be the guy right now this year. Even at the beginning of co even at the beginning of the season, when we knew it was a COVID year, um, you know, we thought we'd have Austin Gomez in there, and obviously, things turned out differently. Um, and Zach Redding really stepped up and you know made a difference and filled that hole really well for us. And so he's going to have a he's going to have a really bright future at Iowa State. The, the dude's still 18 years old, so he's a baby. Uh, what did you kind of see from uh, Tyson Tarakina today, and what do, you, what do you think his odds are of making the NCAA's? I don't know. I'll ask you guys. Uh, media knows has a better idea who makes it and who doesn't, so I don't know the answer to that. Um, I know that the seating, I know the allocation committee uh, in a normal year, uh, Tyson, Tyson's uh, body of work would have got into the nationals because we would have had more than five slots there because I think we, we had a good weight there, but it is what it is. They didn't do a very good job. And so uh, he's going to have to kind of wait around and see if he's going to get a spot and get in there. Um, you know, he did, he, he, he had a, you know, he had a good year. I mean, not good enough today because he wasn't right there. And so I'm not going to, you know, pull any punches on that. He, he needed to win a match to ensure himself to go, but he didn't get it done today. So, Good, really good guy there. There's got to be some growth, though. There's got to be some maturity, and he's a freshman, so I'm not saying that negatively. But there's got to be some maturity in the off season. There's got to be, you know, like, hey, I got a taste of it. I'm just really curious to see how he works in the off season and how serious he takes wrestling. Because let me tell you what, if that kid really takes wrestling seriously and it becomes his passion, he's going to be a guy, hard guy to beat uh, later down the road. So hopefully, that was a lot more good than bad. Coach, what can okay. you say about David Carr? I think most of us expected him to come in and do what he did um, this weekend, but what's that say about him that he's just a sophomore, he's already back-to-back -back Big 12 champs, and that we are expecting that from him to be a back-to-back -back Big 12 champion? Well, you know, he's got high expectations, but he has high expectations on himself, you know, and so um, he's not going to be happy unless he's on that top step in St. Louis, and so uh, I can promise you he'll go back to work tomorrow and um, this is a step, a process. You got to get this one to get the next one. Not that you have to go win it, but, you know, I think just feeling good about yourself and going and winning your conference championships is the springboard you need to go in and 
and uh, you know compete for a national title. I don't know if he was ready for that last year at this time to compete for a national title. I think he's ready for it now. I think he's a lot more mature and he's put the work in. So you know, he really he really worked hard at the sport the last 12 months, and I think uh, you know we'll see see how he gets paid out at what level. What changed? for him for that to happen, for him to get more mature? Was it because of COVID and him not getting that opportunity or what changed do you think? I think just maturity and, you know, he's a really good wrestler. I think everybody gets tougher the longer they're in a college room. And, you know, he's had we've, he's had a lot of good training partners in the off season. And, you know, Coach Metcalf and Coach St. John on him all the time has been good. Um, so uh, he's just, you know, I just think he's gotten tougher and he's, he's uh, and you know, and ultimately, that's what it's going to take to beat those guys that uh, that are you know the top three or four guys in the nation. We got to we got to beat those top those top tough guys. Being over there. Um, I know you touched on uh, Marcus Coleman a little bit yesterday, uh, but just his his performance and just the way he was able to just kind of flow from one you know position to the next, and obviously the bonus points were a huge deal for you guys when it came to the team race. What do you think he he learned about himself and just his ability to compete at a very deep weight class in that conference this weekend? Yeah, I think 197 was really a good weight class. I, I think it's the best, the best conference there is right now at, at 197, and so I think. Uh, you know, again, with Marcus, the abilities there and everything, it's just the toughness, the thing that he's just got to get tougher. And, you know, he proved to me some toughness this weekend because I know he can go with anybody ability-wise, but in the past when it's got really hard, he just hasn't had the effort he needs to get over the hump. I'm hoping they got over the hump a little bit today. And, you know, winning and losing, hey, we all like to win. But to me, it's going out and giving the effort and competing and representing yourself at your best. You know, represent putting the best Marcus Coleman out there. And I think... We're starting to see that. I still think there's more, but we're starting to see a little bit of it. I think it was good that he had the competition he had in the room, you know, with Younger coming in the program and <clears throat> just really had to scrap to, to get, you know, in the past, you know, we just, we inherited no depth and uh, just starting to get some depth and that makes the room better. And he just, you know, in the past, he just kind of had to make weight and he gets a spot. Well, this year he had to fight his butt off. Um, Dagan's performance um, to be able to battle back the way he did, but I know that he hasn't been in the lineup a lot this year. How much was just his presence and just his, you know, his ability to do what he was able to do in this tournament? How much did that maybe help the team, if at all? I think it did. So, so, you know, he's got to get more matches in. You know, he needs to really buckle down and have a good seven or eight days here and just continue to get more live reps in. You know, he's, if you, we've all seen him, the more matches he gets in, the better he gets. And, you know, this year not getting to wrestle hardly at all. You know, he, he talked about Rusty. You know, he had a shoulder surgery and everything else. He's, he's He defines Rusty. On to Northern Iowa, who also had two champs, Brody Teske at 125 pounds and Parker Keckeisen at 184. Brody Teske, back home after a year and a half at Penn State, is now a Big 12 champion and will probably end up as a top eight seed at the national tournament, guys. Um, he looked great this weekend, 4-0, outscored his opponents 44-15. to He won a thriller in the finals over Utah Valley's Taylor Lamont, 9-7. Uh, Lamont threw Brody in a headlock, actually, right out of the gate. Um, so that put Lamont up 4-0. Uh, but Brody was able to rally from there, um, and he was able to tie it 5-5 in the second period after a couple of takedowns. Um, so then he escaped to start the third. Um, Lamont scored on a double leg, and then uh, Brody reversed him with 17 seconds left, rode him out to secure the riding time point and the victory. Great, uh, great cap to a great weekend, I thought, from Brody Teske. 
Parker Kekeisen, a redshirt freshman at 184, also won a Big 12 title this weekend. Uh, he beat Wyoming's Tate Samuelson 5-3 in the finals. Um, over the weekend, he went 4-0, uh, muscled through some really tough matches in order to bring home his first Big 12 crown. Um, but he's also the fourth straight 184-pound Big 12 champ for you and I because uh, Drew Foster won in both uh, 2018 and 2019. Taylor Lujan won last year, and now Kekeisen has won it this year. He, too, uh, probably top 10, top 8 seed at the NCAA championships after going undefeated this season. So we'll see. Um, I think a lot of people in St. Louis are going to be um, quite impressed with uh, with what Parker Kekeisen brings to the table, guys. Um, the Panthers' other two qualifiers, Tristan Lair at 149. Um, he took fifth. He made the semifinals where he lost Oklahoma State's Bula Wallen. Um, then he lost again to Dagan and the Russellbacks, but he rebounded to beat Wyoming's Jaron Jensen 18-8. Uh, that secured his NCAA bid. The other one, uh, Austin Yant, uh, Waverly Shellrock um, at 165. He finished fifth after winning twice in the Russellbacks and then again in the fifth-place match to secure his NCAA bid. Not bad for a guy that missed basically the whole year because of an injury, um, or maybe various injuries. So now he's headed to St. Louis. That was the good from Northern Iowa. Here is the not as good. Uh, Carter Isley, who was the two-seated heavyweight, he slid all the way to sixth place, and he did not earn an automatic bid. He finished two and three overall on the weekend, and all three of his losses came in overtime. Um, he lost in the quarterfinals to North Dakota State's Brandon Metz. Um, I believe that one was in the tiebreakers. Um, and then in the Russellbacks, he lost to Oklahoma's Josh Heinzelman. Um, that was also in sudden victory. And then again to Mets in the fifth place match. That one was just traditional sudden victory. He beat them both in the regular season. Um, I like his odds at an at-large bid, but this was a little. This performance was a little underwhelming, maybe. Um, at 174, Lance Runyon's injuries uh, caught up to him, and he ended up going 0-2. He entered as the four seed at 174, and I, to be honest, I really liked his draw in this bracket as a potential dark horse finalist on the top side. Um, but his shoulder. Uh, could not hold up, uh, injured it pretty badly there in that quarterfinal match, and uh, he ended up having to uh, injury default out of the tournament. So now he'll have to rely on an at-large bid. He's firmly on the bubble, uh, similar to you know, like Broderson or Tarakina from Iowa State, where I'm not exactly sure what his odds are, but I know he's he's going to have a chance because of his regular season and um, how good that chance is. I'm just not 100% certain. Well, I guess we'll find out later this week. Um, the other not as good um, from Northern Iowa, they, just, they didn't get a whole lot from a few other weights. Um, 133, Jack Skidlarzik, he went 1-2. and two. Um, Advanced to the quarters via, via injury default, but then he lost to Iowa State's Zach Redding, and then he was pinned in the Russellbacks. Um, so he was fifth at this tournament a little bit ago, so that result stung a little bit. Then at 141 and one. 97, both Ethan Basil and Keegan Moore went 0-2. Um, Basil, true freshman who won the spot late in the season, um, I, maybe you know expectations probably shouldn't be great even though, hey, you're, you're a true freshman in a Division One wrestling lineup, um, so clearly you're talented, but that's a pretty tough spot for him. Uh, Keegan Moore, uh, we've talked about this too, very undersized 197-pounder after Keck Eisen uh, took control of the starting spot at 184 earlier this year, and that caught up to him a little bit um, at this tournament where he lost to, I mean, the, the draw was pretty gnarly as well. Um, cause, you know, he ended up losing to Oklahoma's Jake Wood in the first round, and then he ran into the Marcus Coleman pin train in the Russellbacks. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, kind of tough there for the Panthers. Um, but we'll end here on a high note. Uh, Cade Lara, 157, uh, he battled back and actually took eighth place after uh, going in unseated. And that dude has been through hell and back over the last year. Wasn't sure if he was going to wrestle at all after ending up in the hospital. Um, but here he is in Northern Iowa starting lineup and taking eighth place at the Big 12 Championships. He did not secure an NCAA bid, but, man, that's a hell of an accomplishment. I felt like it was worthy of mentioning. Um, that's Northern Iowa, guys. Fifth place team finish, which was nice, but maybe more underwhelming um, on the individual side than they would have liked. Here's what Northern Iowa coach Doug Schwab um, said on his team's performance from the weekend. It was great to finish with a couple champs. Um, 
mean, the tournament's always a mixed bag. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, obviously you want to get 10 cylinders all clicking together. Um, didn't happen. You know, we'll continue to try to figure that out every year. But, uh, you know, I think having having two champs is certainly something we can build on to the, into the national tournament. You know, we got four guys going. Uh, the reason that they have a setup like they do is so guys, that, if guys like Carter don't, qualify they get in the national tournament i mean he's going to get in the national tournament um you know i think running maybe has an outside chance you know i think you, the thing is you want to always keep it in your hands and i think that's you know we we'll talk to our guys that biggest thing for me is man we just want to finish the race let us finish the race this year you know last year we didn't get that opportunity to finish the race um and and we we want to be able to finish this thing and we're prepared to do it uh you know it could be a quick turnaround i think you know, everyone's going to be getting out of St. Louis a little bit earlier. You know, so really, we got a week. We got a week. We got a we got a mini training phase, and then you're ready to roll. Um, but you know, having guys, Alpha's champs compete. I thought they competed, competed very well. You know, I thought Tristan Lara had a really a really solid tournament. Uh, you know, Yen being hurt all year, coming and and, and placing. Um, you know, I thought had had a really good tournament. Uh, you know, but for us to be able to win a tournament like that you gotta have you gotta have 10 guys placing i mean it's just the bottom line you gotta have guys going deeper in tournaments um you know a guy like running gets hurt his shoulders have been dinged up all year and unfortunately you know he, he made it all the way to the end of the season and then you know you you can't make it through but talk about a tough individual man and i don't think people realize what these guys go through i don't think guys understand and you guys do because you're around it, you see it, you go down to the national tournament, you're in the hallways, you watch these tournaments and you see what these guys are dealing with. You see that they can barely walk uh, or, man, they can't move their arm and they're still going out there competing, man. I mean, the grit and heart and, that these guys show, you know, the wrestlers show, but, you know, I, I can see up and down our lineup some of the things that these guys went through um, and what they've dealt with this season and how they've handled it, man, I could be more proud of our team, you know, uh, but... Um, guys, we go, we're going to the national tournament. We plan on scoring a heck of a lot of points. So, uh, I guess any questions, Coach? When will you head to St. Louis? Will you, Monday, Tuesday? Um, got to get that figured out. I, I would. We might be going down Monday. Um, you got to test. If you have two negative tests down there before you can get into the arena, so <laughs> uh, you don't you don't want to get me on this stuff. I mean, because because I'm only going to get in trouble with some of the things that I want to say. Um, so I'll just keep my mouth shut and, you know, we'll get through these next two weeks and get, you know, finish the race and get through our national tournament. Um, you know, obviously our, our basketball team just was missed down there. Um, didn't have a great experience down there. So it was, I think we certainly learned a few lessons from that. Um, just as far as maybe how we have to travel down, um, some of the things that we need to do to be aware of uh, heading down there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll be, we'll, we usually go on Tuesday, but, um, See, we'll probably we'll probably get down there Monday, so we can test on Monday, Tuesday, and then we can we can be able to get into the arena. Um, Brody Brody's performance all season has been has been pretty impressive to watch, and it seems like he's getting more comfortable with with every match. Um, and he showed again there in the finals that even if he does give up points early, or even dur- during the duration of the match, that the guy just continues to compete. Um, what has been the most fun or revealing part about watching him go this season? He thinks he's always going to win. It doesn't matter what the score is. <laughs> I mean, I, he, he does. Uh, you know, I had, I said the first match of the year, he's down 8-1. And at the end of the first period, it's 10-9. You know, so I think that's indicative of, hey, whatever I need to do, I, I believe I can get it done. You know, and he didn't panic. That was a great thing last night. You know, that guy hit 
money. That was a great headlock. I mean, that was that was uh, a great hold, and then for him to only give up even two back in there was was pretty impressive. Then he almost rolled through, and then you know he clears out of that position. He gets his one, and then you know scores right away and has a cradle locked up for a long time. Finishes the ride out. It's four three at the end of the first. You know that's a whole different complexion of the match. But he just doesn't panic. Um, you know, I think really what you saw is his offense start to open up on his feet. His feet move, hands and feet moved a lot more. Uh, you know, saw some, saw some diversity in attacks, and you know he's riding hard. We got to be able to mat return. I think that's you know the biggest thing um, from from top. But and how can she enjoy how that guy's competing, man? <laughs> if you're a fan of wrestling, and you know that that match last night, I think anyone that would would have tuned in and would have watched, and especially you know if you're watching wrestling for the first time, that that's. I want to watch the next match because you know that was that was a that was an exciting match. Um, but it, man, he always thinks he can win, no matter what happens within a match. And that's a you know there's a there's a confidence that he has in himself, and that comes from even from when he was real young. Um, and we need to have more of that you know throughout our team. We need that spread throughout everyone. Like and no matter what happens, I don't care. I'm going to continue to wrestle. I can I can make things happen. I can score points or I can pin a guy. It takes me a second to do that. Um, but you know. And to see him grow throughout the season and see how he continues to improve and get better. Um, and, you know, he's put himself up. National title, man. Put himself in, in the spot to win a national title. You know, he's, he's wrestling that well and he's competing that well and he's done it all year. He's got better throughout the, the season, man. I'm, I'm excited for, for him and, uh, you know, what's in front of him in St. Louis. I think I saw some, I think I saw some stat, you know, the first, first Dodger to win a conference title maybe since the 70s you know in the first you know the first two Dodgers with him and Tristan going to the national tournament maybe since since Ryle you know that's a proud that's a proud uh it's a proud town man that's had a lot of guys come through there so you know I think they're 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 not only happy to be doing it for you and I but man I know that they're always proud to be doing it for Dodge too and I, so I don't know how long it's been since they've had a national champ or an all-american but it's it, it's gonna change that too in the next couple weeks Speaking of just enjoying watching guys wrestle, um, Parker at 84, um, I, I see the smile on your face. He, he, when he, <laughs> I, a lot of us who have kind of watched him, you know, when he committed, we started following him up in Wisconsin and we got to see some of his freestyle stuff too. Um, and then you see him in the room every day. So what he's able to do, probably not a huge surprise, but what makes him so different from other freshmen that you've had in the program? Cause he just seems like he's different. Huh. I just, I know Lee talks to him all the time about controlling the controllables, and he actually does it. You know, I mean, you've watched a few of these matches, and heck, he has a he has a takedowns. You know, he had a takedown against Gear, big match, a takedown wipe off the table against Cole Bray, had a takedown wipe off the table, and didn't, doesn't phase him. He continues to to take to take attacks and pressure, and um, you know the, the the training that he does, and he continues to do every day. That's what he's done every day, and how he's lived it manifests itself out in how he competes. Um, and there's no other way. If you're going to train and live that way, that's how you need to compete. And he's he's bought into it wholeheartedly. He's going after trying to be great. And you see it in how he competes. You know, and I, I don't think that was, I don't think that was even the best Parker that, you know, that we've even seen this year. You know, it's certainly not the best Parker that we're going to see uh, in his career. And, and we're going to see a better Parker, I believe, at the, at the National Tournament in St. Louis. Um, but, man, pace, pressure in you can you see guys are starting to make adjustments i mean um i think both guys you know first couple matches guys are trying to one on one slow him down and you know trying to keep him off the hand fight but as long as he's moving his feet and hands um he's got incredible tax he's got a 
variety of attacks, but just his pace, man, and that he's willing to continue to go underneath the guy because it's be easy to back off um, in certain situations, and and he doesn't do it, and that's why that's that's why he's going to continue to separate himself from the pack. Uh, but you know, freshman, I think someone asked me like, well, how, how was he going to handle being the number one seed? Like, that's what he planned on being. Is what is what is what he's trained to do. It's what he's talked about doing. It's what he planned on doing. So it was no surprise. And then he goes out and wins a tournament, and he plans on doing the, the same thing at the national tournament. Um, and we just say, I mean, I, I believe he can, <laughs> and I'm excited to see it. You know, but just having a freshman that competes that way, um, it's it's great for our future, and it's great for other guys. You know, you kind of put those two two guys together, and just him and Brody and how they compete. It's something it's something that you can build off, of and other guys can start to draw draw confidence off it, and and. And look at how those guys are competing. You know, it might not it might not be look exactly the same, but as far as the the hustle and fight and belief in themselves in the program, um, they can have it. And I know I know some guys definitely have a deeper depth to themselves after this weekend. You know, some guys are hurting because their season's over. But like I told them, man, we 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 have some we have uh, we have some options on how to move forward. And we have some options, and when we come back to the Big 12 tournament, and I'm not getting ahead of myself because we got the national tournament, but I, for some guys, they don't have the national tournament. For some guys, their next season's already started. And what are they going to do to make sure that they're not sitting on the stands watching? You know, they're not in those – so they have chairs, and they have chairs for the team, and they got to watch the Big 12, Big 12 finals right next to the, the mat. You know, what are you going to do so you're the guy out on that stage? And guys are capable of it, man. I know they believe it. I know they're listening. And I know that, you know, these, these, these guys that are going to the national tournament next week can – can build a lot of momentum for us in our future and you know five guys five or six guys going to national tournament you can score a heck of a lot of points man that's what we plan on doing so you know we talk about those two guys but um you know that's a it's a great it's a great way to to leave tulsa and head home and then they said getting ready for st louis man um, having two champs and certainly something to build off of but uh, i I can't say that I'm not disappointed and didn't want more. I mean, then I wouldn't be doing my job very well. 100%. Um, you guys have won the last four 184-pound um, titles of Big 12s with Foster winning twice, then Lujan, now Parker. Um, does he? Does Parker get to roll with those two guys in the room? I know Drew is still doing the freestyle yeah. thing. Lujan, that was in his plan. I mean, how much fun are those scraps if they do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those guys are in the room. And that's uh, – well, here's the thing is in tradition, uh, tradition matters. And it's not like it's handed to you, but and you start seeing someone in front of you in, it makes it more believable. You know, I mean, I can tell you where, where I came into, it's like, you didn't think it was going to be handed to you, but you believed already. I can go, I can go do this. I can, how many, it's not when I'm going to win national titles, how many I'm going to win. And that's kind of what, you know, I think he's like, I'm picking up the torch. Foster won in front of me, Lujan won in front of me. I'm going to start to win. You know, you just got to start doing that up and down the lineup. So, you know, so Teske won one, and I'm sure he plans on winning two and three and four. Uh, but who's ever behind him coming in is like, okay, I'm going to pick up the torch from him. Now we just got to have someone that's going to be the guy that's going to put, you know, put our team or put that weight in that situation. We just need to do that up and down the, the lineup. But, yeah, I mean, those guys are in the room, and they make a huge difference for us that you have guys of that level and caliber in your room um, training daily, giving back to our team. You know, they're striving after being – beyond they're driving after being world olympic champions and so and parker wants to do that so having those guys in the room with him and hands on and maybe beating him up every every so often um it only helps him gets him better 
and more prepared for when he steps on the mat um, in situations like that. But that dude, that dude is he's battle tested and ready. Man, we have a, we have an incredible room up in those weights. I mean, it's uh, it's one of the best in the country. Incredibly proud of our team, man, and how they've managed this year and how they've handled this year. Uh, it hasn't been it hasn't been easy on anybody, <laughs> and and they've they've handled it well. They've they they were going to come out of this stronger, and even the guys, you know, even the guys that that got beaten, their tournaments done, and you know you talk about Scuds and Basil, and and you know running, running, we got to get him healthy. Um, you know, Cade, you know I'm going to talk about Cade for a second because you know last year, you know, you're like, is this guy going to be able to wrestle anymore? You know, and he's in the Big 12 tournament. And you can saw some things kind of start to happen, you start some wheels start to spin, and start to realize he's pretty dang good. You know now. What are we going to do this 365 before our next tournament? Um, it's going to be the big thing with him getting Runyon back healthy. Uh, you know, obviously he got hurt and didn't really get to see the real real Runyon, um, which hurts. But I know how to handle things. And you know, you got Keegan Moore who <laughs> man been through a whole lot. He's been battle tested. And you know what? This is one more hurdle. This is one more thing he's going to have to overcome. This is one more like, hey, are you willing to dig deep again? And come back, you know, come back. You have one more opportunity. How are you going to use it? And man, I believe in him. Man, I believe if, if he can, if he truly commits this next year. You know, one ninety seven is a heck of a weight in, in in the Big Twelve Conference, but he's he would be a guy that everyone's gonna be like, shit, man, I better be ready for this guy. <laughs> I better be. That's, this is a different guy, and that's you know that's what that's what we're going to continue to work and build him. Um, and get him some real confidence, man, in himself. Uh, but you know, the guys are going to St. Louis, man. They're gonna, they're gonna, they are gonna get the momentum rolling for our next season. I really, really hope you guys followed the NAIA National Championships last weekend. Um, I think many people were just uh, tuning in to see if Grandview could win a 10th straight national team title, which is something no college wrestling program has ever done at any level. Um, not even Dan Gable's Mighty Iowa Hawkeyes won 10 in a row. They only won nine straight uh, from 1978 to 86. Turns out the Vikings could not win a 10th in a row either. Um, yeah, if you turned into if you tuned into the NAI National Championships at all, instead of another lopsided Grandview tournament title, it turned into a fantastic team race between Grandview and Life University, which is a chiropractic school down in Georgia. LifeView ultimately ended Grandview's championship streak on Saturday night. Um, they scored 158 points, while the Vikings finished second with 153. Here's the nuts and bolts about how LifeView won and Grandview lost. Um, this was basically the combination of LifeView wrestling very, very well, like out of their minds well and Grandview stubbing their toes far too many times to catch back up. Consider this. Uh, LifeView finished with uh, 158 points behind 10 All-Americans. They had one champ in Brandon Orm at 125 pounds. They had two more finalists, three more guys take third, and four more guys take fifth. They entered the tournament with just five wrestlers seated fourth or better at their respective weights, and all 10 All-Americans finished fifth or better. Five guys wrestled above their seed, including unseated Baker Hadwan, uh, who took fifth at 184. And both 5th-seeded Denver Stonecheck and 10th-seeded Asher Eichert, uh, they made finals runs at 49-74. and 74. Orem, who was life's lone champ, he was the 4-seed and ended up winning at 125. That's pretty impressive stuff, right? Grandview, meanwhile, finished with 153 points and also had 10 All-Americans. Um, all 10 Grandview wrestlers that qualified for the weekend were seeded 4th or better, but only 7 of the 12 took 4th or better. Um, the Vikings had no champs. They did have two finalists, 3 more take 3rd, and 2 more take 4th. They also had guys finish 
finished 6th, 7th, and 8th. Two guys that were seated second did not make the podium. The Vikings also had two points taken away because of unsportsmanlike infractions. And despite all of that, this race still came down all the way to the last finals match on Saturday night. Grandview led by two and a half points after Friday's opening rounds. Um, then Life took the lead, 128 to 127 and a half after the semifinals on Saturday. Grandview retook the lead, 149 to 140 before the medal matches. And then Life ultimately took the lead again, 154 to 153, heading into the finals. Orem's win gave Life a 158 to 153 lead. And then both teams struck out the rest of the way in the finals. Grandview had a chance with sophomore heavyweight Greg Hagan wrestling in the finals, where a pin or a technical fall would have won it for the Vikings, uh, but he ultimately lost to Lindsey Wilson's Brandon Reed 6-3, and life took home the team title. It was a tremendous team race, one of the best we've seen in NAIA, or really any level, in quite some time. Uh, one final note here that I thought was pretty cool. Life U is coached by Omi Acosta, who many will remember was a 2012 NAIA national champ for Grandview. Uh, who else, right? He was on the Grandview team that won the first team title during that streak of nine in a row, and now he's the head coach of the team that ended that streak on Saturday night. Thought that was pretty cool. That was NAI, and the only other big wrestling event that happened this weekend was the National Collegiate Women's Wrestling Championships out in Ohio. This was basically the NCAA Women's Wrestling Tournament, and of course, we had some Iowa ties out there, because don't we always, right? Uh, chief among them was Felicity Taylor, a graduate of South Winnesheek, um, who now wrestles for McKendree in Illinois. Uh, Felicity went 4-0, and she took first at 116 pounds. She outscored her opponents 41-8 and scored a first-round pin and two technical falls, including one in the finals. She trailed Tiffin's uh, Sui Seha. Um, I'm probably butchering that name. 6-2. Uh, Felicity was down 6-2 and then scored a takedown and locked up a leg lace and rolled her opponent all the way across the mat to turn a 6-2 deficit into a 16-6 victory. Um, mighty impressive stuff there. Uh, Felicity had finished second each of the last two years, so this is her first collegiate national title, and it it also qualifies her for the U.S. Olympic trials in Texas in April, so we'll see how she does there uh, later this year. At that same tournament, the Iowa Wesleyan women's wrestlers made history, crowning their first two All-Americans in program history. Elena Sundlin and Daisy Scholes both finished on the podium. Uh, Sundlin, who's from Monticello, finished 5th at 109 pounds, and Scholes, who's from Colorado, finished 6th at 136 pounds. Uh, both of them battled back into the top six after first-round losses, which I thought was pretty impressive. Both of them are just freshmen, too, guys. Um, and Iowa Wesleyan, as a program, had just nine girls on the roster this year. So that's a heck of accomplishment um, for a first-year program. Pretty exciting stuff for uh, women's wrestling, collegiate women's wrestling, during what's already been a record breaking year for girls wrestling in general in the state of Iowa. was a lot guys um, but that's all we've got today um, there's a lot more to look forward to this week I know with the NCAA championships um, or the NCAA division one committee they're going to release the qualifiers and the brackets later this week um, at, you know and then this weekend we've got you know the D2 NCAA championships where there's going to be some Iowa ties the NWCA is hosting the division three national championships in Coralville extreme arena that's going to be really fun to see like Wartburg and Co and Loris and all those guys they're competing um, so that'll be a lot of fun and then the next week obviously we've got the big dance down in St. Louis the NCAA 
NCAA Division I Wrestling Championships. So lots of wrestling to look forward to in the coming uh, weeks ahead. So um, be on the lookout for more shows and uh, more stories and more videos and stuff that we're going to be putting out here over the next few weeks. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be really exciting. And I would greatly appreciate um, you guys just continuing to tune in and follow along. Um, So yeah, that's all we've got today. Um, Thanks a bunch for listening here. Uh, Be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your shows. Follow me on Twitter at Cody Goodwin. Instagram, Cody J. Goodwin. Be sure to also subscribe to the Des Moines Register to catch all my stories, mailbags, analysis, and videos. You can find links for all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. That's it for this episode. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon. Spencer, uh, um, uh, Gable Steveson just called you the uh, best pound for pound wrestler in the country. Uh, does that does that mean anything to you, or or what, what did you think when you heard that? I think he's crazy, um, to be honest, because uh, if you just watch what he just did, uh, I don't know how you could say I'm the best pound for pound. He beat a guy that has beaten our senior world team member, and he would have tacked him in if it was freestyle. So. Uh, Hard to say that I could even be there when I, I don't think I, I don't have any senior level experience. I mean, I wasn't in the U.S. Senior Nationals, but I haven't made any teams or anything yet. So hopefully, me and him, uh, maybe we'll make a team together. I don't know. I mean, I'm obviously cheering for my teammates first, but you know, it's pretty cool. We have a pretty good relationship in that way.